This is your mission field. And so I want to encourage you that when you see students you believe are struggling, they need to know that someone cares. They need to know that someone gets them and someone says, me too, or I'm with you, or you're not alone. This is so, so important for our students today. They're walking in our doors with so much baggage and it is not fair to them to carry so many burdens being so young and so misunderstood and so responsible with everything they have on their shoulders. Welcome to the Society's Child Podcast, where we have real conversations about being a trauma-responsive educator in the midst of a significant mental health crisis. Hi, I'm Trish Senzak, a former educator, compassion advocate, and Jesus lover, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Are you feeling confuzzled about your students' behavior and needs? You're not alone. If trauma-informed strategies leave you wondering, what's next? Don't worry. My friend, I've been there too. As a foster mom and a child of complex trauma mixed with my experience as a teacher, it's led me to finding a compassionate, whole child approach that's evidence-based, practical, and transformational, and I'm so eager to share it with you. Whether you want to connect with your students on a deeper level, create a trauma-sensitive environment, or you just need a little bit of encouragement or support, you're in the right place. So grab a drink, a pen, or your earbuds, and let's work together to create a safe and student-attuned trauma-responsive school culture. Society's children need you, so let's get started. Hey friends, I'm happy to be here with you for episode number two. And today I wanna talk to you a little bit more about my story and what brings me to this particular approach that I'm taking. I am speaking to faith-based, namely Christian educators who can be teachers and educators and administrators anywhere that they are. Now, if you're listening to this and this is not the walk you have and you have a faith-led life, please know, my friend, you are welcome here too. Because I'm going to be speaking from the Bible and biblical principles and offering those particular kinds of encouragement, but I'm also going to be speaking to the generic audiences as well. But I want you to know that that's where I come from. I come from a, as a place from faith. I'm a Jesus follower. And I truly believe in the compassion that he led with, the kindness, the empathy, and just the, the knowledge and wish to change the world. And I believe that trauma is one of those things that we're faced with in this world that makes all of our hearts sad. And as educators, I'm talking to the people who find this heartbreaking and know that there's a better way and know that there's a way to make a change in the world. So today I really want to talk to all of us about how we can bridge our faith into the classroom, even if we're not able to talk about it. So I want to offer three faith-based principles for trauma-responsive educators. And so these are biblical foundations that I believe call us as Christians to a different level. I remember days in the classroom, but many times I would be seeing these students and I would be thinking of my own time about as a student how I would sit there and I would be hiding so many secrets. And later on, I learned in life that there were so many people who came back to me and said, I knew something was going on. I sensed it. There was just something off in your situation. And then they would follow it up and admit 
that they just didn't have the heart to say anything or they didn't know what to say or didn't know who to go to or what to even do on my behalf. As an adult later, this was very heartbreaking to me. And I had to do a lot of healing over this because the little girl inside of me, the child, really felt like someone didn't speak up on my behalf. When I didn't have parents or people who were speaking up for me in these situations where abuse was happening, and then I would have outsiders that would tell me they knew these things, but they didn't know what to do, it just further perpetuated that I was unseen and I was unloved or I was forgotten and I and I knew that this wasn't true as an adult but the little girl inside of me just said that was one more person that just was unable to see me and where I was and this is where I feel the urge or the calling to really speak on behalf of all of the hurting children out there we all want to be seen. Everybody wants to feel connected. Everyone wants to feel protected. Everyone wants to feel like somebody knows what's going on. And as educators, I think we have a special obligation to really be in touch with where we can. Now, I know our jobs as educators are multifaceted, we have things on our pay scale that are not in our job description. We have things that we're doing that we didn't go to school to learn and so on. But we're put in a special position and we're given gifts to notice things. And yes, we're there to teach. And yes, we're there to get a certain point or subject matter across. And we're in our own field of expertise for a reason. But I also feel that when we've gone to school and we've signed up to be a teacher, we're held to a different standard. And that standard might look different for different people, but I truly feel that educators, that's why we're being trained in the trauma-informed because we're now being asked to have a different sense of what's going on or a different spidey sense, if you will. And so this is where I want to encourage any educator to really hone in on this little sense, hone in on trying to understand what this means and decode this language that we're learning about. I also really want to encourage those of us who call ourselves Christian to really hone that skill as well. We're called to a higher standard. First of all, Teachers are called to a higher standard in society, and we know that. And as I reflect on my teaching and I think about these kids that were sitting there, I remember kids telling me things that things that were going on in their lives, like they would hear gunshots at night. Um, their families didn't have money to put the food on the table. They would be the person in their, in their um, family that was getting everybody up for school and getting everybody out the door because their parents were working overnight or that these students were writing about absent parents who were passed out on the couch each night because and they were unavailable to make dinner. They're the ones that had to be the primary responsibility in the family. There are aspects in each of these situations that's somewhat traumatic for them because they're having to grow up much faster without that role model, without someone there, and so much is expected of them. And then they come to school and they're expected to perform, put all of that information all of those responsibilities, all of that, whatever's going on at home, aside and completely be present for school. Today, we have more information. 
We have more compassion. We have a more connected way to respond to these kids, these teens who are struggling and these teens who are taking on more than they can really are supposed to at the age that they are or taking on the, the drama of their family. And I think educators are just, we're held to a different standard and we have that, you know, just not the dude, the mandatory duty to report, but I think we have to get, again, that spidey sense out or that extra sense. And we have to really be thinking about how we are called to be the light. I believe we have an urgent responsibility to be extra compassionate, find an extra sense of that perspective, to go in at a different angle and really try to work hard to discern what is it that I'm being called to do in this situation right now. How can I go above and beyond for this child who is hurting or this classroom who is just so chaotic? What can I do for these kids in front of me? So I want to offer three perspectives on where I'm coming for on this. And I want to give three scriptures for what I'm basing this on. The first challenge to educators is that I believe we're held to a higher standard as I've spoke about here. And for those of us who follow Christ, an even higher standard. So the first scripture that I want to offer you is James 3.1, New International Version. And it says something like, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We are held to a higher standard. So those of us who follow Christ, we are held to an even higher standard, I believe. And I believe that this just this scripture ele- actually acknowledges that elevated responsibility that we teachers have. And, it, and I think for educators, what this means is that it encourages us to approach our role with a, an extra sense of accountability, an extra sense of moral integrity, and take those extra steps to kind of be there with the kids. Number two, I'd like to offer to you is that educators can be a comfort to our students. And Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I think this particular scripture emphasizes that God's closeness to those who are hurting is profound and it's right there. And I think it's important that we know that the Lord is close to those who are hurting. And that he does save those that are crushed in spirit and just downtrodden and just hopeless. And so I think as educators and as Christian educators, we can be that extra source of comfort and support for those students in their times of emotional distress. We may not know or have the words to say, or we may not know what to do, but I do believe that if we tap into our source with Jesus, he would be able to lead us to tell us, how we can best help and discern the situation and lead that child to the resources that they need. Another scripture that talks about the comfort is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And the New International Version also says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And I believe that this particular scripture is also important for the teacher, for the educator, for the administrator who is feeling weary, who is just burdened by the, the, the traumas in the classroom and everything that you might be feeling. There are a lot of burdens for having, having everything that you're trying to carry in the classroom. I know that. And I think we 
have to remember that not only are we taking our troubles to Jesus and letting and leaning on him and knowing that he's gentle and he's there for us and we will find rest in him, but I think this also encourages educators. We should create a place of rest and solace for students dealing with the trauma. This is, for example, just being able to see a child that's hurting or they have big behaviors in the moment and allowing them to go to that quiet space can be just saying, I see you, you need a little extra time to, or a, a little bit of re, uh, co-regulation or regulation and just coming over here to being into that calm down space, or even just taking the time to be with that student in a time by themselves. And then number three, the third thing I would really like to offer you is that educators and school campuses, we can be a safe haven to represent a place where kids can leave those problems behind. And the scripture I want to bring to you today on this one is also in the NIV, and it's Galatians 6.2. And it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I think this is super important, and I think the government really wants the schools to be a place where kids can get some needs met. For like, when they give free and reduced lunch, or they give uh, breakfast, or they give meals, and they give, you know, some schools will have ministries set up or have different things set up where they can get clothes and and things like that and I think that this is another way for us as Christians to understand and highlight the importance of community and shared responsibility and I think we can take this to a different level and I think this is where it encourage this scripture to me is an opportunity for educators to create a supportive environment where these burdens can be shared the guidance department can be a place where they can get help. If they need to refer them out to psychological services, they have a lot of campuses are putting those kinds of resources and support on campus. And I believe that in the trauma-informed community, we're doing this, but we can take it a step further as faith-based educators, and we can kick this up a notch, if you will, because I think that this challenge is doable. I don't think any child should be overlooked. I don't think any teen should go unnoticed. I don't think any child should ever fall through the cracks. And this is my passion. This is your mission field. And so I want to encourage you that when you see students you believe are struggling, they need to know that someone cares. They need to know that someone gets them and someone says, me too, or I'm with you, or you're not alone. This is so, so important for our students today. They're walking in our doors with so much baggage and it is not fair to them to carry so many burdens being so young and so misunderstood and so responsible with everything they have on their shoulders. So my friends, as we begin this journey together, I am praying for new insight for you. I've been praying for discernment for all of us and I'm praying that God brightens your light. I want to implore you that as a motivated educator, that you will step in and you'll step up. I'm encouraging you to listen to that call on your heart. I'm encouraging you to go back and ask yourself, why did you go into education? And if the motive behind why you went in was not what you know what it is today, I'm asking you to rethink that and really get your motive right so that you can be a catalyst for change. You can work hard on your campus and you can be the person who is putting those cogs in motion and getting that wheel turning so that our campuses are more trauma response. I'm sure you already do this, but I want to encourage you for something. 
I want you to think about every student on your camp. And I want you to look around at every kid when they come in. Don't just look above their heads and see a sea of children walking through the doors. I want you to look into their faces. Pay attention to their eyes, their silence, their body language, their writing, their approaches, their taunting, their skirting eyes. Really see them. And then I want you to ask God to show you which one of these little ones needs more insight from you. He'll show you. Step in and be the light. Listen to those nudges that you get, what I call God wink. These kids need to see Jesus with a little bit of skin on it. And maybe you're that person that's supposed to step in just at the right time. Ask God to use you. Many of us are in public school settings and we can't speak about our faith. We're not able to talk about it, but there is no excuse for why we can't lead forth with that extra compassion, with that extra light of understanding and empathy. It's so important to let that go and let that shine. So I have two action items for you today. Number one, I want to encourage you to really get yourself grounded in the scriptures and even these scriptures that I've just shared with you, because I believe that those and many of the other scriptures in the Bible are really meant to help us get stronger in these battles. Our classrooms, this educational setting, they're battles that we live and walk into every single day. But I do believe that we can draw inspiration and guidance as we navigate the complexities of these trauma-informed strategies within the classroom. I think if we did it in the context of our faith, what an amazing warrior you would be for Christ. Number two, and I'm sure that many of you do this, but if you're not, I really want to encourage you to pray for your students. Take your roster home and pray for them by name. I believe in my heart, prayer changes things. And many of us want to forget the classroom when we go home at the end of the day. I understand that. But sometimes it's only prayer that gets these kids to a decent future. I believe that. I believe that that's what got me to where I am today. Someone prayed for me. I was covered in prayer from the time I was little. I just know it. I've been in and out of different families where prayer was important, church was important, and I know in my heart people were praying for me. And that's the only way that I made it through childhood and became decently successful. I know that in my heart. And I know the light will show through if you're grounded and you're fully into the Word of God and you're in, in really living into the fully functioning relationship with Christ. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't know what it means to have a fully functioning relationship with Christ, I would love for you to reach out and ask me what it means to have a relationship with the living God. Because I really would love to share that with you. It has been one of the most influential things in my life that has helped me to become the person I am today. I'm always happy to share about that. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. It's okay to be right where you are. But I believe that that's what got me here today because someone prayed for me, because someone taught me how to have a relationship with Christ. And I fully hope that if you're listening to this, that you will one day experience that same intentionality and that same joy of being able to turn around and serve and do God's work in the same way. So that's it, my friends. Thank you for taking this break with me. And I look forward to to meeting with you again on the next one. Hey, amazing educators. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave a review. Even better, share this episode with a colleague. And hey, I'd love to connect with you on social media. 
You can even join my Facebook group for some extra support and a dash of inspiration. I've left all the links in the show notes. Until next time, my friend, remember, you're not alone on this journey. You've got this. Keep making a difference and stay teach-tastic.